uh, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 1 says, And when I came to you, brothers, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling as, as I am right now, uh, using this, this cordless... Uh, <laughs> uh, and my, my speech and my, my message were not implausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of man, of men, but in, in the power of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you that as we go into the, the letter to, written to the Colossians, we pray, Father God, that it is, um, our sharing is not in lofty words, it's not in, in wisdom of man, but it is in, in the power of the Holy Spirit and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that, Lord God, may Christ be known. No one else but Christ be known. Jesus plus nothing. Nothing else but Him crucified and Him exalted. In the name of Jesus, I give you thanks and praise. Amen. Um, two weeks ago, uh, we, we began um, the, the, a new series called uh, uh, Colossians. And um, as, as uh, we, sorry, let me just quickly put the t timer. Um, <laughs> so when, when we, we, we decided to, to start um, um, the, uh, on, a, on a new series called Colossians, and um, it's uh, Vesey already... Um, um, introduced it and, and, and told us that, um, shared that uh, the, the letter was written to a, a church actually in, in Colossae, Colossae, I, I hope I, I pronounced it uh, correctly. And this church was never established by Paul. It was actually planted by a man called Epaphras, and this guy had heard the message from Paul, and he went back to Colossae, and he started the church there. And I like the fact that it's, um, it's called uh, Jesus plus nothing. It has a subtitle called Jesus plus nothing. The reason why I love this is because in 2016, uh, I, I, I decided to type this thing in my WhatsApp uh, status, my profile, and it's written Jesus plus nothing. It has never changed. It's been the same status throughout the highs and the lows, the, the difficult times that I've gone through. When I wanted to change it, when I wanted to, 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 to express a good message or a message that, that seemed to, uh, um, uh, to express how low I might have been feeling, but still this remained as my status. Jesus plus nothing. Jesus plus nothing. Through the ever-changing circumstances I've gone through in life, it's been Jesus plus nothing. And the reason, as you, for, for those who are uh, right at the back, you might not see this, but it's 2016. The reason why it ha I decided to type this is six years before I typed this, I began a new journey in my Christianity. I was born again at the age of seven, but something happened six years before this, 2010, I was on a road like most, but like uh, the church in Colossae, a road where you begin by starting off with Jesus Christ, but all of a sudden, somewhere in the middle of your relationship with Christ, you start going in a different trajectory. Your gospel is now Jesus plus an additive, a preservative. You try to preserve your Christianity through actions and works that you, you do. 
And this wasn't deliberate. I, it, I, I did not deliberately go on that journey, but I found myself in that journey, just like the church in Colosseum. A journey where Jesus plus something was added. And how many of us know that whenever there's an additive or a preservative, it's never good for the body? Whenever you, you put a preservative in any substance, it loses its, uh, its value. It loses its nutrition, nutritional value. And my Christianity somehow lost its nutritional value. I became, uh, I became a nothing or my Christianity became of no use. Jesus plus nothing for me is more than a status. It's more than a status. The definition of a status is simply this. It's the situation at a particular time during a process. And most people, whenever they, they type things on their status, they are, they, are, they are communicating a situation at a particular time during a process. I want us to remember that. A situation, time, and process. Those are very important things. But a situation, time, and process are never constant. They're never permanent. They're ever-changing. You can never be stuck on a situation. You can never be stuck on a process. It's either you grow up or you end up being stuck on that process, going over and over for 40 years around the same mountain in that same situation because your status has not changed. But God looks for, for constants and permanence in our lives. The Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And today we're going to look at just a simple verse. In Colossians 1 verse 3, Colossians 1 verse 3, it says the following. Colossians 1 verse 3 says, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for, for you. I want us to stop just by, the, just by Christ there. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I see three constants there. I see the constant of always. You can decide, but it's a permanent. We always give thanks. I see the constant of God. The Bible says in James that God has, no, has got no variable. He's got no variable and no shadow of change. Whenever God, whenever God turns around, He has no shadow. Whenever God, there's no light brighter than God, He's a constant. But the other constant I want us to see is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He remains Father. He is no tyrant. He is no dictator. He is a Father. And our relationship with God should be a relationship of Father and Son, where we always constantly thank God for what Christ Jesus did on the cross for us. For most of us, we, we may not have many things to, to thank God for. But when you think of what Christ, the, 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 the work and the power that, that, was, that went, went into, into the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, when you think about that, the Bible, you, you, you begin to see the magnitude of, of, of the love that God has for you. The Bible says, whilst you were still yet a sinner, God loved you. And that's love. 
God never expected you to do something first. He did it first. And, he, and all you have to do is just receive what God has done for you. And when you think of that magnitude of love, it's like entering into, into a, 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 a mansion. When you walk into a mansion, whether it's in Hollywood, and somebody walked you into a mansion, all you would do is probably say, wow, this mansion is beautiful. But if that individual told you that mansion and everything inside is, is yours, you'd be like, thank you. You'd be, you'd be blown away by the generosity that has been extended to you. When you find yourself in Jesus Christ, and God shows you the inheritance and the magnitude of the love that he has for you. All we have to do, all that you and I are called to do, is just say, wow, and thank you. There is nothing else. The gospel is simply that. The good news is that. A wow and thank you. A wow and thank you that you, God, you emancipated me. You freed me from sin. You freed me from going to hell. You freed me from a life of constantly being tormented by demons and the devil. You freed me from that. Wow and thank you. We always give thanks. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 8. Could we turn there? 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 8. Eighteen, sorry. One Thessalonians five eighteen. One Thessalonians five verse eighteen says the following Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Most people will come and ask me what's the will of God for my life. And I always answer that the will of God is never found in a location, it's never found in a people, it's never found in things to do. The will of God is actually found in a person, and his name is Jesus Christ. And once you're in that person called Jesus Christ, the only other will that you have is wow and thank you. That's all you have to do. It's wow and thank you. And I love what the, ampl the Amplified Version says of 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18. It says, In every situation, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful and continually give thanks to God. In every situation, whether good or bad, whether uh, things are going well for you or things are going uh, terrible for you, in every situation, give thanks. We don't give thanks based on interbank rates. We don't give thanks because of RTGS rates that spiral out of control. We don't give thanks because of fuel prices that go, uh, go up uh, when they decide to go up. We don't give thanks because of food prices that go up. We don't give thanks because of Zesa cuts. We don't give thanks because of power cuts. Whatever cut you may be going through, that's no reason for you to give thanks. We give thanks, as we say it in Zimbabwe, irregardless. We give thanks. Regardless of what we go through, we give thanks. No matter what the situation is, we are always giving thanks. And... The reason for your giving thanks 
is only found in one thing. If you, if you, if you, if you giving thanks is, is found in, in a political or, 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 or economical outcome. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry to be a bearer of bad news. You're in for more misery. Your thanks should be in something else. Reason why I say you're in for more misery, I remember, and I hope I, I can share this. Uh, I, I, God told me uh, when the bread price hits a certain uh, price, things will go haywire in them. People will struggle. God is not in, 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 in taking care of your, your economical situation. He's in the business of you and I taking care of each other. That's his business. We give thanks because in Colossians 1 verse 12, it says the following. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints of light. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you. The reason why I should give thanks is because I'm a, a taker of an inheritance. As I gave an example, when you are given an inheritance and you walk in into a mansion and it's filled, out, filled up with all the, the classy things and the nice things, all you would do is thank you. Wow, and thank you. That is what you're going to do. That's going to be your response. Wow, and thank you. Nothing else. Our giving of thanks is not determined by, as I've already said, political econ or economical outcomes. It's not determined by our feelings. It's not determined by our emotions. It's not determined by what I'm going through. Ladies and gentlemen, the thing that you're going through, the situation that you're going through, whether in this country or whatever you may be going through, it is, it's, it's a situation that's just a process. It's in a particular time, but you are in a process. And that process is meant to bring you closer to Jesus Christ. It's meant to reveal the gospel to you. That's the, that's the whole reason why you are probably going through what you are going through. Nothing else to bring you closer to Jesus Christ. And God is, oh, is so, he's so particular in you knowing Christ and what Christ has done for you. And not having everything work out for you. He's particular in, knowing, in you knowing who Jesus Christ is. Because that's his focus, Jesus, and nothing else. The whole gospel, the whole Bible is all about Jesus. I mean, it took ages for the whole Bible to be written. Just because of one man. His name is Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 8. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 8. It says the following. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed but not driven to despair. Persecuted but not forsaken. Struck down but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, 
so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our bodies. The reason why we go through all that we go through is so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our bodies. Your life and life's experiences is to bring you closer to Jesus and just to reveal the gospel to you so that you know, may know the fullness of what God did for you and that your dependency is not on worldly things. You will go through trials. You will go through tests and trials. God has not orchestrated them. It's the enemy. There is somebody called the devil who brings those tests and trials. He comes and he tempts you. He brings tests and trials. But God will always turn those things around for your benefit, for Christ's benefit. He will always turn them around for Jesus Christ. And the reason why God allows these things so that you, you don't have a crutch. You don't have something to lean on. All you have is a dependency on Jesus plus nothing. Jesus plus nothing is more than a status. It is a lifestyle. A lifestyle of always giving thanks, which is not predicated by circumstances and situations. The very person who was writing this letter to the church in, in Colossae was in prison. He was in prison, in chains, waiting for execution, waiting to be put to death. He had more to be glum about. He had more to be despondent about. He had more things to actually be thinking about, maybe his last meal or whatever. But he had more to be thinking about. And if this guy, Paul, his name, if he, had, if he was writing the letter like, some of us in Zim, having Jesus Christ, not none, none of you actually, I'll put a disclaimer for you. Because uh, this disclaimer, if, 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 uh, if there's any resemblance to any, any person, whether living or dead, uh, and, and it, it, it's so close to, to anything that I'm talking about, it's, it's just purely coincidental. It's not about you. Amen. But if this person was writing um, and, and, and Twitter happened to, to exist in the, in the days of, of Paul in A.D. 61, he would, he would, be, he would be like uh, the president of Twitter, like some president uh, in, in, in this day and age that loves Twitter. So Paul would also be tweeting, and possibly because he's despondent and he, he, he doesn't have a full revelation of what Jesus Christ has done for him, these are the following tweets that you would put up. 1 Colossians 24, suffering for the sake of Christ. I will draw your attention to this Twitter post. It's from the real Paul of Tarsus. It's not a fake Twitter account. There's so many fake Twitter accounts these days. There, there, there are so many, there are so many um, fake WhatsApp mes uh, messages, fake Facebook accounts. I think uh, Facebook uh, deleted 20,000 Facebook accounts, which were fake. But this is the real account of Paul of Tarsus. Ladies and gentlemen, all I'm just saying to you is don't take everything that comes from Twitter. Don't take everything that comes from Facebook as real. Don't take everything that comes from YouTube as real, as real or Internet as real. Paul is writing, suffering for his sake. 
Colossians 1 verse 24, 29. Toiling and struggling. This is written on at 10 a.m., 22 May, A.D. 61, by Paul. I'll draw your attention also, there are no retreats. There are no likes to what Paul has just said. Colossians 4, verse 28. Remember my chains. And the reason why there are no retreats or no likes is because no one likes an ungrateful person. We don't like spending time or being around people who are ungrateful. We, we don't like that cloud, that atmosphere that ungrateful people produce. But the other thing is, people will not serve a God with followers that are ungrateful. They will not tag God. They will not tag Christianity. They will not like Christianity. When, when the followers are always complaining. When the followers are always with no hope, they won't tag it, they won't like it, and they won't follow it. Thanksgiving is a very powerful tool. Thanksgiving is very powerful because people will follow. They will retreat. They will like your message because it draws them to the one solution, Jesus plus nothing. You are a light and you ought to manifest God, what God has done for, for you. The other day I was thinking, what's the difference between, uh, between well, what's the opposite of holiness? may not seem like it's part of this, what I'm sharing today. What's the opposite of holiness? Most people will raise up their hands and say sin. That's the immediate answer. It's sin. Sin is the opposite of holiness. That's partially true. The opposite of holiness is commonness. Being common. That's the opposite of holiness. Murmuring and complaining is common. Complaining is part of, of what we do. It's part of the, of, of if, you, if in any given day, in this week, there will possibly be a complaint about what's happening in the nation. It's part of what we do. But you and I are called to holiness, into separation, into being a particular people, a peculiar people. And a peculiar people gives thanks. A peculiar people has hope. A peculiar people has faith. A peculiar people does not lose hope. Their hope is in Jesus Christ. That's what makes us peculiar. What makes us peculiar is not joining in the, in, with the nation and complaining and murmuring and, and doubting and having anxiety over things that may or may not happen. 99% of the things that you you worry about will never happen. 99% of the things that you worry about will never happen. You will always be slapped with a, with a backhand, thing, something you didn't expect. That's life. 
So stop worrying. Stop wasting your energy on things that you can't, you can't change. 2 Timothy 3 verse 2 says the following, In the last days, people shall be lovers of self, they shall be uh, lovers of money, they shall be boastful, they shall be proud, and they shall be verbally abusive. Why? Because their gospel is Jesus plus something. Their thankfulness is, is based on worldly possessions. Their definition of, of the being thankful is based on worldly possessions and worldly position. And when those things are touched, they are shaky. And they become verbally abusive. They are boastful. They are proud. They are lovers of money and lovers of self. They are narcissistic. They are in a selfie generation. Jesus cannot have a preeminence in such a gospel when, when, we, when our thankfulness is based on what we get. He cannot have preeminence. Most of us, and I say, I put another disclaimer. Before I put that disclaimer, most of us, we're always photobombing photo Jesus' style. We're always tramping his, uh, his style as he's trying to take a photo. There you are. Whether in the foreground, whether in the background, there you are. I remember when, when, when we went to the Czech Republic, and this is where my disclaimer is. I will not mention the person's name. It's been, it's been concealed. Um, it's been concealed just to protect this individual. But we, we would go to some museum, and there there would be people taking photos. And he would always suggest I go in and photobomb that that, that crowd is there taking a photo. Now, it, it, it may not seem, it, it will, I think it will become more funnier when you realize that the Czech Republic has got 90, is 99% of that people. Those people, you know. Those, those people. Yeah, those people. 99%. And just imagine, you, as, as they're going through their Instagram, what? 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 They're just seeing the shadow behind. What? What? I, I, I think as Jesus goes through his, as God goes through his Instagram, it's like, who's this? Who's this? Who's this? Because your gospel is, you are involved in that gospel. You are in the background. You're always photobombing Jesus' Instagram page. When we ask you, how did you become successful? It's Jesus plus something. It's Jesus plus 40 days and 40 nights of prayer or fasting. It's Jesus plus overnight prayer, all night prayer. It's Jesus plus giving until it hurts. I seeded until I got what I wanted. You are photobombing. You are in every Instagram page. And Jesus is not getting the preeminence. The problem with you being involved in every photo that Jesus is involved in is that we start seeing your self-effort. And that, that, that's not the type of thankfulness that we, God is looking for. It's Jesus plus nothing. No additives. 100% Jesus Christ. 
No additives, no preservatives. All natural. Organic Jesus Christ. Nothing else. Amen. The world these days is pushing for organic. Well, we're in Africa, but they're pushing for organic. So we, 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 in the gospel, we're also pushing for organic, for 100% natural. No additives in it. My thankfulness to God should be simply this. The gift of God, what he did. That's what I should be thankful for. For the gift of God is eternal. It's not temporal. When you work for, when, 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 when you work for things, it's temporal. Haven't you realized when, as soon as you get that new car, by next week, you want something else. Your thankfulness is not constant. It's temporal. It's based on something that is worldly. But when we thank Jesus Christ, it's constant. It will never change. No matter what happens, it will never change. That's why the, the four living beings, beings around the, 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 the throne can always praise God because they see something different about God for, for eternity. Every day of eternity, they are seeing something totally different about God. And that's the gospel. Every time I, you open the word of God, you see Jesus Christ in a new light, a light that you've never seen, and you are just in awe, and you're like, wow, thank you. That's our response. Wow, and thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, everything in this world was created for Jesus Christ, by him, for him, and through him. You're not that important. Christ is very important. I, I hate to, to put it to you that way. But, yes, I know you might be thinking, but Jesus Christ came and died for me. Yes, you are important. But in God's eye, there's only one person that pleased God in the whole Bible before he even did anything. <laughs> And his name was Jesus Christ. He says, this is my son whom I'm very well pleased with. And once you find yourself in Christ Jesus, then you find significance and you become important. Acts 17 verse 28 says, in him we live, move, and have our being. He is the reason why we should give thanks. He's the reason for it all. He's the reason why you and I should always be thankful. There's no other reason why I should be thankful but Him. What you don't appreciate will depreciate. I'm not talking about whether the reign of Jesus Christ will, 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 will depreciate because of your appreciation. I'm just saying in your focus, in, in, in God being manifested in your life, what you appreciate will appreciate, but what you don't appreciate will depreciate. If you appreciate Jesus plus nothing, Jesus will step forward and you will appreciate. He will open the door for you. He will do things for you. But if you don't appreciate what he has done for you, 
He will step back and allow you to try and open the door for yourself. So what is or what should my lifestyle look like? What should my lifestyle look like? My lifestyle, before you put up the first, the first um, uh, um, slide, my lifestyle should be a lifestyle of praying for others and, thank giving, and, and giving thanks for others. That's what my lifestyle should be. I should always, chapter 1, I should always, Colossians, I should always be thankful. Remember when you got born again, the first thing that you did, you went and told somebody else. You were thankful because you cannot conceal, you cannot can good news. If you won $1 million uh, right now, not bond, but $1 million US dollars right now, you would, as much as you would try to, to hold it, you would definitely tell somebody. And that's, that's what some of us were like. Chapter 1, Colossians, when we received Jesus Christ, we went and told somebody, I've received Jesus Christ. Our thankfulness should be based on what uh, should, should, should have this res res result of us going out and people seeing what God has done for us. Being thankful for what God has done. Chapter 2, as I walk my life, as my lifestyle continues, chapter 2, Colossians 2, verse 7. My walk, it rooted and built up in Him and established in faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. As I enter chapter 2 of my life and I start walking as a Christian and I start doing what a Christian does, my life should be abounding in thanksgiving. Should always exude and, and always manifest and, and show off the thankfulness that God has done for me, everything that God has done for me as I start walking as a Christian. Chapter 3, as I continue walking as a Christian, I start having quiet times, meditating upon what God has done for me. Colossians 3 verse 15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in the one body. And be thankful. As I have quiet times, I begin to realize, man, there is this peace. You see, the world cannot have the peace that I have or that you have. It cannot have that. There is this peace that I have. And that peace is a, I like what the Amplified Bible says. It's an umpire deciding whether the decision is right or wrong, whether you should go there or not go there, whether you should stay in Zim and continue doing what you're, you're supposed to be doing. It's an umpire. The peace of God rules and mount garrisons. The peace that surpasses all understanding will decide decisions that I need to make. So when I have that peace, I'm thankful. As I continue my life, I start having loud times. Out of my quiet time, loud times happen. Colossians 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. As I have quiet times and I see what God has done for me, I need to share what God has done for me. So I begin to, to teach. I begin to admonish people. And I begin to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Or oh, 
with thankfulness because I'm happy and I'm in praise and awe of what God has done. Out of my loud time that I've had, I go to work, my work time. When I get to work, I'm giving thanks. I am the salt and the light in that workplace. Colossians 3 verse 17. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Whatever I do, I'm giving thanks to God the Father. Paul and Silas in prison, they began to give thanks. And the prison was shaken. And the chains were broken. And the, the gates were open. I really think... Part of the solution in Zimbabwe is if we found two people that were thankful, foundations will start shaking, systems will start shaking. People who were grateful for what God, just focused on what God had done, things would start shaking, chains would break. Because the whole purpose of the gospel is what Jesus said, I came to set the prisoner free. You can either be a prisoner of the economy the prisoner of the political situation, or you can realize that you've been emancipated. You are free. You've been set free. It's up to you. As I continue in my life, I get to chapter 4. My lifestyle, chapter 4. At the end of the day, my prayer time, Colossians 4 verse 2, my prayer time, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. That's what my lifestyle should look like. I should continuously be in prayer, watchful, constantly watchful what's happening, but giving thanks to God. The three Hebrew boys were thrown into the fire before they were thrown into the furnace. May, it may seem like you're in a furnace right now. They were thrown into a furnace. They said, even if God saves us or does not save us, we, we will still worship Him and praise Him. They were watchful in their, in their praise of God. But because they gave thanks, the king said, I see one like the Son of Man in the midst. Didn't we throw three? But I see another like the Son of Man. Praise and thanksgiving results in you and I being a man manifesting the glory of God. We are no longer photobombing Jesus' style. Jesus has all the preeminence. So what should I do? I think you and I should just do one simple thing. Just always give thanks to God. And there's no other way but just give thanks like now. I know we worshiped before, but it's, it's, this is such a perfect moment for you, you and I, just to, to either bow our heads and, and just thank God for what He has done. Father, I give you thanks and praise. You are good. There is none like you, Father God. I thank you, Father, for you have lavished us with your 
with the work of the cross, Father God. I thank you that you have lavished us with mercy, forgiveness, and kindness. Lord God, I give you thanks and praise, Father God, that all that you have done, Father God, is working in my life. Lord God, your word says that you have defeated the works of the enemy. I thank you for that. I thank you, Father God, that if there is any person, Father God, that is struggling right now to see the glory and the glimpse of the inheritance that they have been called into, I pray, Father God, that you show them a glimpse. Just as Elisha prayed for his servant, Father God, show them what's happening in the background right now. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, just like Jesus Christ took up the bread and as he was, uh, before he fed the 5,000 and he broke the bread and gave thanks and he multiplied that bread. I pray, Father God, as we give thanks right now, you are multiplying certain things, things that we need in our lives. You are multiplying them all for your glory and, your, and for your purposes. In the name of Jesus, I give you thanks and praise. Amen.